I feel fucking, I'm energized. I got coffee in my body. I'm, my brain is working. It's not like 6 p.m. when I'm totally fucking tanking. I'm feeling good, man. I'm yeah, stoked. Man. It's not 6 p.m. when we're talking to Steve Tucker about cooking chicken and shit. Yeah, after you get to a certain point in the day for me, my my questions are only about like super basic shit, like how you cook food. That's okay, though. I mean, if you think so. How do you take your coffee in the morning, Schuler? I take my coffee like a true keto soldier in the morning is what I do. I have black coffee with uh, two tablespoons of brain octane MCT oil. Yes. And then I have a quarter of a teaspoon of sweet leaf stevia sweetener. And then I throw that shit in the blender for about seven seconds. And then I drink all of it, baby. The sweet leaf by Sabbath play in your head every time you throw it in there. You say, all yes, right it now. And every single time I look at it, I think to myself, think of the missed opportunities on behalf of both of these brands. Like right. sweet, leaf, sweet leaf could have been using Black Sabbath to market them this entire time. Black Sabbath could have been like, Ozzy, you see Ozzy out there, you know, because like everything he takes into his body at this point has got to be like ultra healthy. Otherwise, he'll just fucking die. So like. I'm sure that he has some sort of sweetener replacement, right? There's no way Ozzy eats processed sugar. It just can't happen. It oh. would be great to hear Ozzy one day be like, hey, it's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> nice okay, man, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, it, I'll try the sweet leaf for Ozzy, for you. I would do it too. I feel like it's one or the other. He either eats totally healthy or he's just been eating and treating his body like shit this whole time. So he's why stop now? I feel like it's one I'm or the other. I'm kind of like obsessed with uh, with Ozzy's ongoing health. It's not it's not it's not healthy how much I care about it. Um, but I, I do I do think it was interesting how when they were recording 13, like he went back out there and started getting fucked up again. I thought it was and, awesome. Yeah, I wanted to be like, you're going to die. <laughs> your, your body can't process this kind of shit anymore. Right. Did you see his uh, new show with his son, that like road trip show? It's like rock and yeah. road trip. No, I haven't seen it. Okay. I've seen a little bit of it. It's actually like, he's, he's pretty sharp. He's like, he's like, seems all right. Like it's, they don't like paint him in like a, like when the Osbournes were on and shit, I feel like they just like made him look like a total like ditz. Oh yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? But he, he I also seems good. I think that like whatever, cognitive enhancement drugs out there that anybody could possibly get that would sort of keep them from right. you know, from going into that age-related decline he's probably got that shit he's and it's probably yeah. awesome yeah he looks pretty fucking good I, I have my hopes up based on seeing that show but who knows who i might knows we'll ever get to see the oz man again might have to watch it yeah he's in he's in a fucking he's in like a fucking Oh man, I'm, I'm I, I shouldn't be drawing a blank right now, but I am. What are those chambers? What's that thing that the rumors were that Michael Jackson used to sleep in? A barrio, a barrio. I was gonna say cryotherapy. Ozzy <laughs> <laughs> don't cryo. Ozzy sleeps in a vault. He sleeps in some sort of airtight, uh, COVID-proof vault. They could share an Osborne's just tomb of spider webs and fucking spikes and shit. Anyway, I love Ozzy. I hope he's I hope he's well. We all love Ozzy on this podcast. Yes, we do. Justin of Stormbringer has been in the waiting room for 10 minutes, and I feel bad for keeping him waiting. So Stormland. Stormland. Stormbringer. Stormbringer is also an awesome band, but we're in, we're talking about Stormland today. Sorry, everybody. Lifts and rips. We're talking about Stormland, and it's gonna be fucking awesome. Justin's a cool dude. Um, and he is going to enlighten us to his band's um lyrical mythology uh really interesting guy got a lot of interesting takes about the world and he's also like super into mma which i don't know shit about so hopefully he, none of the things that he's super into are things that i know a whole lot of, of stuff about so like i'm looking forward to being educated this morning let's talk you walked right into your intro justin what up man not too much it's a pleasure to finally uh speak with you two fine gentlemen there he is how you doing man I'm good. Don't mind me having to be a little quiet. The rest of the family's still asleep. Uh, it's not even daylight here on the West Coast, so. Oh, what time is it there? It's 6 a.m. Oh, that's not too bad. I, yes. I, I was 
I was thinking there was a little bit more difference. Now, so we're on the East Coast in the U.S. Where, where are you? Uh, roughly Vancouver. So, you know, the home of strapping and lead, three inches of blood. Yes. yes. Um, I, spent my, I spent my 15th birthday at the Surrey Hooters, and it was nice. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, Surrey's got a reputation here. I only and I wore my this is the only Canadian band shirt that I have, but I wore it today specifically for you. I think this is the only Canadian I have. Um, but do you have any Archspire? I do not have any Archspire clothing. No, I do not. I got Archspire yeah. records. No clothing. Yes. You're not tech enough. I can't. I can't. I, I, can, I, can. I, I am certainly not. No, I am not tech enough when it comes to uh, my tech death shirt collection. I could probably do a whole lot better. This, on the other hand, I feel like has got. A little bit of DNA that it shares with some Stormland action cuff. Um, yeah, as you can I'm see. actually not familiar, but I will have to check into them. Sci-fi, Sci-fi. slam grind. I slam grind is what they're. I appreciate into. that. If you Today fuck I with, were... oh. what do we got? Defeated sanity. Yes, absolute respect. You, you and I actually are into like are fanatically into some of the same bands. I think yes. defeated sanity is one of them. Deeds of Flesh is another. Fucking deeds. Fucking deeds. Yes. Yeah. I forget love- about being quiet for the family. We're talking about deeds of flesh. That's correct, man. Uh, yeah. That's the I kind mean, of shit that if you're going to wake the fam up, deep. make it about something worthwhile, right? Yes. Well, before we continue, um, this is the Lifts and Riffs podcast. Uh, I am Schuler. I am here with uh, Zach from Death Comes Lifting, as always. Pleasure. And today we've got Justin Piero from Stormland. Um, I have all kinds of questions to ask you. Hopefully, hopefully, most of the time is going to be spent with you uh, just saying things rather than me asking <laughs> questions. Because um, we've got a whole lot of stuff to talk about, I think. Oh, for sure. I, I love to talk. And, you know, I appreciate you for uh, slumming and having me on after some of those fantastic guests you guys have had. Carl no, from Morium, Steve from Morbid Angel, great interviews, enjoyed them a whole lot. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And we we uh, we definitely have managed to like sort of punch outside our weight, I think, with this pod- podcast a few times. Um, I think that pretty much anybody who's willing to spend any time with us at all is like a super good sport and very generous because uh, you will, de- let me let me tell you something. I, and I make sure that you understand this before we continue. You will leave this meeting dumber. For sure. Uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, all right. You know, I, right. I listen to slam sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. See, like slam, I think is a good, is a good way to, um, take that higher development that we sort of have to go through in order to successfully navigate our daily lives and silence it. You know, um, yeah. occasionally it's time to shut the fuck up and be dumb. And I think that that's what slam does for me. And I respect it. But the riffs make your knuckles drag. Yes. Yes. We like that. Now let's talk about what music does for you. So you are a one man death metal project, Swarmland. You've been making music for a few years now. You got several releases under your belt, currently working on a new one. It's called the human cost. Um, Hopefully we will be hearing that sooner rather than later. And I think that one of the most interesting things about what you're doing, uh, there are two actually. Number one is the breadth of styles um, that you that you have sort of embraced with your music. You've got everything from like, I was listening to, um, I was listening to Incident Report earlier. Um, <laughs> and you, you say you listen to Slam from time to time. Well, it, you know, you play Slam from time to time too. There are a couple of Slam riffs on there. Um, really interesting narrative that's been worked into the music and then listening to some of the demos of the new stuff um, all over the place, man. There's like jazz influences. There's all kinds of eight string Elysian sounding shit. There's some parts where you're thrashing out. Like it's just a really, a really, really eclectic blend. And I want to talk about that. And then I also want to talk about sort of the mythology behind your music. I think one of the things that's Mm -hmm. most interesting about Stormland is the, um, where you draw your lyrical inspiration, which is from the Gundam. Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. Gundam series of, uh, as I understand it, it's manga, it's cartoons, it's action figures. It's just like this entire massive um, mythology. 40 years, 40 that years correct? of stuff. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Jump in wherever you want to start. Yeah. 
Well, you bet. I, first off, I appreciate the kind words about those pre-production demos I've sent you. I sent them to Zach as well, and I hope he's enjoyed them. Yes, sir. They're awesome. Um, yeah, I just, I love death metal. I love so many different kinds of death metal. There's no point in sticking to just one subgenre. You know, Fair. it's, there's, it's fun to play. And I hope that when it's all done, and I'm shooting for a July, August release, because you know, I've got to re-record everything. I've got a mix. I've got a master. I've got Christian Dane doing the uh, album art. And he's a busy boy. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got a couple of guests I'm not quite ready to announce yet, but uh, they are associates and you will be familiar with at least one of them. Excited. I am. Excited. I, I think I might know who one of them is and I'm fucking stoked about it. Um, it is not Dino. He never got back to me, unfortunately. Oh, fuck. Well... I'm sure whoever it is is gonna, I'm sure whoever it is is gonna be awesome. Wait, if Speaking is, of, go ahead, Zach. I was just I was gonna say it might be Danny Filth. No, oh, I'm not that well connected. I punch above my in terms of who I'm connected to as well, because like you know how you had Carlon and you're like he's such a good dude. He is such a good dude. Yes, he's always made time for me when I've had questions. And like he's on my Facebook. Like how the how the fuck. He is. He's, he's like fanboy over that. He's like one of the most welcoming, like hospitable dudes. And I, I think that one of the things that makes that so cool is that he's literally legendary. You know, there's there's no way yeah. that people who are into this kind of shit aren't familiar with him and, and, and his body of work. And so yeah. to not, you know, I realize that being a legendary death metal musician doesn't necessarily make you rich and famous or anything like that. But there's still you know, thousands of people out there who worship the stuff that you've created and to yeah. to be able to to reckon with that and still stay humble, I think is a really impressive thing that he is doing magically. Yeah, actually both both are vocalists because I want to give a shout out to Dave Ingram as well because he gave me a very important piece of advice early on in terms of song about keeping it short and effective and keeping it punchy. Yeah, and you can see that. I, I think that that is good advice from Dave Ingram. You can see that with pretty much anything that he is a part of, right? Um, yeah. Benediction, definitely some some shorter and more controlled songs, always super catchy. And then, like, how many projects does he have with Roger Johansson? Like three or yeah. four? I think, I think, yeah, a lot. I mean, Roger Johansson, death metal is its own subgenre at this point, but it really is. I've got there's an entire shelf back there that's only Roger Johansson shit, and it's like I I went on this foolhardy quest like two summers ago. I was like, you know what? I've piecemealed enough of this shit over the years. The time has come to collect everything that Roger Johansson has ever done. That was years ago at this point, right? We're talking two years ago. I think I'm probably maybe halfway there. And there's like, there's like 50 albums sitting over there on that shelf. Um, Incredibly stupidly prolific man. Um, And I think the closest that we got to we're going to try and get him on the podcast um, through Patrick from Crypticus, who knows him. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pat definitely knows him. (laughs) It'll be and it'll just be like, um, hey, uh, Raja, we're just going to sit here and I want you to 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 list every single project that you've done. You don't have to say anything. Just list them. And that'll be an hour right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, he has to be his own death metal. If you went about collecting his work. You're probably Kunail from uh, Transcending Obscurity's favorite person at this point. Yeah. I, well, Transcending Obscurity, <laughs> man. It's. <laughs> They're killer. They yes. are killer. I've tried to get him on the podcast a bunch of times. And uh, he says his English isn't good enough. And I said, we don't care, bro. We, we just want. Yeah. To yeah. But hey, we'll, we'll stumble through it. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Google is for. If I can ever go to India directly, I'll just like, and I re- realizing even as, as an ignorant American that India is a fucking subcontinent, it's quite massive. I'll do whatever I've got to do if I'm on that same landmass to get to that dude and buy some of that shit in person. Because let me tell you something, waiting for mail from India sucks. I would imagine so. Um, we ship stuff to the Philippines from time to time. My in-laws are all over there. So yeah. uh, I understand the perils and times involved with uh, cross-oceanic shipping. Yeah, and God forbid your shit's got to go through the Suez Canal, buddy. You're <laughs> fucked. Oh, yes. Yeah, all right. I'm just waiting for the jokey grind band about it. It's only a matter of time, I think. 
I think that there is a whole lot of like scatological references that can go with uh, the Suez Canal, right? Or yes. maybe some like esophageal reference as well. Clogs are death metal. You know what yes. I'm saying? Yeah. What do you call yeah, that? What's a, a massive food that you, a bolus? I think that's what bolus. it's called. A bolus <laughs> is like a thing that you swallow, right? Um, yeah. Sure. Okay. We're well, getting into this. This is why it's important that we have these talks in the morning, I think, is because otherwise you don't get information like this. Bolus, motherfuckers. Uh, B-O-L-U-S. Look it up. Remember it. And start your band called Bolus. You can thank us. Um, yes. We will. Do a split with Bursitis. Yes. And we'll take, we'll, we'll take <laughs> physical copies of that as a, as a thank you. All right. So, and, and you've listened to the podcast enough that you know that yeah. I have the horrible habit of... Um, jumping in in the middle of somebody else talking um because you've reminded me of something that i want to ask you about or, or talk about so well, nice. at any point you know tell me to shut the fuck up and you can continue with your with your uh background that you were given us so let's get back to that oh i'm all about tangents so don't worry but uh no i mean stylistically uh yeah obviously there's some allegiance in there i mean i love them they're a great band and i've always as I've played, I've always had stepping stone bands. I mean, the name Stormland, it's not Nazi shit. Fuck the Nazis. It comes from a Cataclysm song. Like, there's yeah. a Cataclysm song called Stormland. Like, yeah. And, you know, when I was younger, I used to practice that to train my right hand, and I should really get back into that. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's where I took the name from. And, you know, they were like, I'm, that's who I'm chasing quality and proficiency-wise. Awesome. And it got to a point where I was like, okay, well, I kind of feel like I'm at that level now. Mm-hmm. You know, Maurizio got his divorce and things just, he just seems to focus on that lyrically. And yeah, just it's got that cataclysm, a kind of emo. So is it, and is, did that have anything to do with your sort of dedicating? I, and forgive me if I'm missing out on a joke. I'm not that familiar with cataclysm. Um, but did that did that sort of like inspire you to 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 dedicate to one sort of background like lyrically with your music? Uh, no, I just when I was younger, I was a bit more of a conservative shithead. I wasn't racist or anything, but uh, thank uh, God, you know. But you know, I definitely leaned right. I was I got a lot of my early teenage metal stuff from a site called antiantv.com. I did some interviews for them and. Uh, the owner ended up going far right before far right was really a thing. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, but, I think that a lot of us didn't necessarily have the luxury of, of either being born into or nurtured by particularly progressive places. Right. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that it's, it's really important. You know, I'm glad that you, that you bring that up because it's really important to be able to talk about that stigma free when it's something that you've moved on from, right? Because yeah. it's, it's incredibly important. I think in order to get to other people who have maybe been seduced by ideologies like that or born into ideologies like that to say like, yes, I, I used to think this way because I was conditioned to, but things have changed. And I've realized that there are a lot of different things about the world that, maybe make that viewpoint limiting and harmful to other people. Um, And rather than try and stigmatize you or make you feel bad uh, specifically for, for being a part of that, for being indoctrinated by it or for being allured by it or whatever, however it is that you came into contact with that. Why don't we talk about some, some alternatives to that? And why don't we talk about the way things were for me? um, What changed and why I think things are better now. And, and Hopefully that makes a difference, right? It, yeah, for sure. And I mean, it, I, eventually I started smartening up, you know, I became like, people will laugh at this, but what started my turn really leftwards was becoming Catholic. You know, there's something, yeah. Like we have these things called the uh, seven corporal works of mercy, you know, feed the hungry, that, uh, uh, what, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. stuff like that. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. And and like s- slow down for me and, and spell it out. Yeah. It's the seven corporal works of mercy. And it's like the Beatitudes, basically. It's. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. It's, you know, you feed the hungry, shelter the homeless, free the captive, 
you know, visit right. the prisoner and all that. You know, it's seems pretty leftist when you think about it. You know, uh, falls I mean, in line yeah. with, you know, taking care of people, housing the homeless, making sure uh, we eliminate poverty, taking care of people, prison abolition, all that kind of thing. So if the, and these are the things that are kind of, or not kind of, but in, obviously pretty important to you now, um, yeah. especially if it's, if it's rooted in, uh, you know, spiritual or a religious practice, do you feel like any of the, uh, the material that makes it into the art that you create is sort of influenced by that? For instance, do you take, do you take an idea like Gundam? Do you take something like that and maybe filter some of these ideas through it? Because that seems to be, to me, from the outside, yeah. kind of what's going on here. Um, can you talk about that for a little bit? It's not intentional. The politics don't ever really reveal themselves until after the lyrics are done, if that it, makes any sense. Yeah, they're there. Yeah. Like it's, of course it's going to be there. I'm, I'm in it. Like It's me putting my words onto the page. And if I try to be intentional with things, it gets too preachy. You know, it's like, you, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And who listens to that? You got to hook, you got to hook people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, by and large, it's anti-war. You've heard lyrics to some of those pre-production demos. You know, one is basically the reverse war pigs. You know, mm-hmm. it is the generals gathered in their masses talking down. And there's lyrics about human experimentation. So that goes back, you know, Canadian government's done this with First Nations, with TB and other and vaccinations and other things. The U.S. government did this with the Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah. Um, it's, there's a long histories of governments experimenting on their citizens, on their soldiers. Yeah. For, sorry, without permission, without consent, mind you. Yeah. Uh, to supposedly improve things, but doing so in the most horribly unethical ways. And I mean, and yeah. does that resonate with the uh, with like the 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 Gundam background? I, I so like nothing about. I know nothing about Gundam, but I'm definitely curious at this point, especially because there's a there's a band that's sort of dedicated to that lore. Um, can you <laughs> yeah. can you tell us a little bit about sort of you know i guess maybe the nutshell version because as i one of the reasons that i don't know that much about it is because when i've tried to look it up it is just this massive body of information that i haven't had time to to plow through so tell us it's huge starting starting Um, with where these inadvertent sort of political messages end up in the music that are sort of processed through this idea through the storytelling tell us a little bit about your history with gundam and tell us a little bit about like what that is for the people who for us but then also for the people who are familiar with it well, Mobile Suit Gundam is a long-running franchise. You know, 40 years, all like different timelines and all that. It's you're basically like following comic books at this point. People have their favorite timelines and all that. Uh, the basic story generally involves people too young to fight, getting to wars and piloting stuff, sort of gigantic, expensive experimental war machines, and either developing some kind of enhanced awareness and ability and empathy and ability to connect with people into a full-on psychic wibbly-wobbly at some points or just trying to tackle issues of the day like uh, eugenics, racism, and all that. Um, the original uh, writer, Yoshiyuki Tamino, the creator of uh, Gundam, he was, uh, I guess, his generation coming out of post-war Japan was generally more left wing than the government that is currently there. So there's a lot of anti-war sentiments buried within that. Like war is generally bad. Sometimes you have to fight it, but it's bad. It ruins lives. It screws people up. It traumatizes them. You know? Yes. And while later writers have kind of lost the plot on that to an extent because wow, a robot. Yeah, right. You know, there's still interesting stuff. And there's like there's series that are self-contained, like uh, Iron Blooded Orphans, which is two seasons on Netflix and dubbed if you want to watch it in English. And that's a group of child soldiers stuck, uh, sorry, fighting for uh, themselves and for Martian independence, basically. Mm-hmm. So like they deal like it deals with colonialism, deals with sorry capitalism. Okay. There's a joke in the current series that's being covered on the Mobile Suit Breakdown podcast. Uh, Gundam ZZ, they jokingly referred to the system of uh, 
living on the one ship as anarcho Gundamism. So <laughs> like, this is there's... this is part of the commentary on it, or this is actually yeah. part of the series. Do they use it's, that? It's part of the commentary on it. Okay. They they go pretty in depth. They go episode by episode. It's a guy on time fan and his wife who's never watched the stuff before. Interesting. So they go through, they do these really in-depth research pieces based on stuff from the episode. You know, they've tackled things like, uh, they continue to tackle things like colonialism, gender roles, all that kind of thing. And it's pretty interesting. Zach, you've been so quiet. I'm usually, I usually (laughs) am, man. I'm just taking in the info. I'll let let Shula run it. I am, I'm this horrible bulldozer of of speech and I, I i tend to sort of just mow everything over and i i i hope that people know by now it's because i'm enthusiastic about what the answers are going to be he's not a dick guys. i know and and not and not only because i love to hear myself speak yes. um i just i just don't like the idea of people feeling left out you know i oh, got thanks bro no i'm good i'm, I'm having a great time but i yeah. i did want to ask you though i do have a burning question what other shit do you listen to besides death metal because you it sounds like you have so many influences and you strike me as a smart dude that likes some pretty cool obscure shit uh it's not just obscure shit but that first uh track that's on the pre-production demos i sent you let me tell you where i lifted that uh guitar intro from okay that's from air supply i i believe that for sure (laughs) yeah like I will say this, Air Supply has put on one of the best live shows from a non-metal band I have ever seen. Two septuagenarians are putting more into their performance than a thousand doom metal bands. Uh When they're jumping around on the stage and they tweaked their arrangements to give them more energy for the live crowd. That's wild, man. You gotta enjoy it. It was this, Air Supply. (laughs) Do you know Air Supply, Shul? I... I, I am familiar with uh, the name Air Supply, and if you if you sang an Air Supply song, I'm I would all out of love. What am I without, you? without you? Yes, yeah. they're my they're one of my wife's favorite bands, along with Cheap Trick. Okay, when yeah. did you do Cheap Trick kicks ass? Yes. When was when was this show that they that they were oh. in their fucking seventies putting on an amazing show? A couple of years ago. Nice. So they're still around. Yeah, they're still around. I've seen them twice. And like the one guy was out there with a broken arm. Like, yeah, yeah, dude. He got an arm in a sling, still out there singing his heart out. That's fucking commitment from Air Supply. Yeah. <laughs> Air Supply's out there trying to get this paper, son. Air Supply's yeah, out there. Air Supply's metal, dude. Aid. It is. Air Supply is metal. So what else? What other what other stuff do you pull from? Oh, I, you know, I, I just, I pull from everywhere. Like uh, I went on a big prog binge last year. Like lots of yes. Boston Deep Cuts, okay. uh, King Crimson, just all the stuff I hadn't bothered to check out until then. Sure. Yeah. You know, I'll just occasionally I'll just go in deep dives. Like I did a ska deep dive a couple of years ago, got into, you know, yeah. listen to stuff like Voodoo Glow Skulls, uh, Real Big Fish, The Specials, uh, Toots and the Maytals, just going like back. That's you know, important. I, to, I do the same. The, I get lost in rabbit holes. I do too. That's basically my, my life is one musical rabbit hole jump from, from one to the next. Um, one of the best live shows that I have ever seen was less than Jake. Um, and this was in 2000 or 2001. This was at the new Daisy amphitheater in Memphis. And I had seen, I'd seen like some metal shows at that point. Like I'd seen, I'd been to the first metal show I went to was Rob zombie and corn, which was actually a fucking, Amazing show. I had a fucking oh, awesome yeah. I worked security um, at a Rob Zombie show once. He puts on a good show, even if he sticks the mic out for half the song. Yeah. yeah he, well, this was <laughs> this was back in like '99, I think. So oh, he was sure. still he was still fucking super active. Like it, it was awesome because I, you know, I'd been a White Zombie fan for a, a while at that point. He yeah. only he had only put out his first record at that time, so it was just yeah. songs from Hillbilly Deluxe and some White Zombie shit. But it was I fucking awful. Awesome. Leave the shit, dude. Dude, it was. It was great. Corn put on a great show too, and Mindless Self Indulgence opened it, and they put on a great show. Um, but that was the vibe of that was so incredibly different from from Less Than Jake that I, I was just surprised by. Like, I'd never seen people skanking before. Everybody was wearing fucking suspenders. 
there was like a legit hype man on the stage. And, and you know, I, I, I was familiar with the band. Like I liked Less Than Jake. I owned a couple of their albums, but yeah. I didn't know that much about their presentation or their live performance or whatever. And they've got like a legit hype man, Mr. Skull, right? It's this motherfucker <laughs> in a suit wearing a skull mask. And he had a leaf blower with a roll of toilet paper attached to the end of it shooting into the fucking crowd and I, I just remember thinking maybe this is where i belong have i have i arrived it, further um another another one so that night i uh i smoked weed for like the second time ever in my life and we watched me and my friends watched tron and it <laughs> fucked me up that's probably why you're sober now brother that's definitely part of oh that's probably why i just stuck with fucking opioids after that because i was like i don't like what this is doing to me man we watched tron and we watched ravenous and both those movies like to this day give me fucking chills so now that i've taken all of this and made it about me um which is gross let's let's get back you're an interesting guy though you're one of my favorite people to talk to on twitter oh man feel too bad you were very kind thank you very much I am I am just a brick allure, um, bouncing from one fucking assemblage to the next. What got your accreting accreting followers? That's right. I am. Well, I I, I am. Accreting. We are accreting right now, boys. We are building those experiences. We're sedimenting those things, right? And we're branching out rhizomatically. People are going to be listening to this and being like, "This guy's so fucking full of shit," and they're right. We're talking in tech death song title language. That's right. More tech death about rhizomes, I think. Yeah. No more. So how do you think? About plants. <laughs> how do you how do you think those influences sort of inspire you as a musician? I just I hear a cool part, I learn it, and then something branches off from there. Okay. That's all it is. I go in. It's like hmm, I like the feel of this. So that da, 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 da. Oh, but what if I did this? Dun 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 dun. Yeah. Sure. It's yeah. It's fun. It's to, I sit down a lot of times. I'll start it with a beat. You know, I learned drum patterns. I went to school for audio engineering, and I have an associate's degree in that. And unfortunately, I graduated right and dropped out of the market. Yeah, because I'd initially wanted to go into uh, doing post-production audio. You know, recording voiceovers, uh, editing sound effects together, stuff like that. But you know. As it happens, I'm where I am now. I am a power engineer slash boiler, sorry, slash maintenance guy by trade. Uh, I work in the food production industry, so I'm an essential worker. I just actually got my COVID jab yesterday because of that. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Now you, but, but I mean, I, I feel like you're, even if you're not able to do it professionally necessarily, I feel like you're getting a lot out of that degree with just the sound of, of, of your own music that you create because it sounds great, man. Thank you. You know, I, yeah. I'm trying. I'm not where I want to be. Like, again, I have high points I want to hit mm-hmm. and I'm down here. You know, I want to get that Dave Otero sound, but I'm doing it on a punk band budget. Dude, Dave Otero's got such fucking sick shit. Oh, his, his he, mixing, he though, like... So he does a Legion and he produces Cattle Decapitation. Who else does he? Uh, he just had Archspire. He just did Chemist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very deep and crisp. And that's the way I like it. I like my production. Yeah. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. I like that shit like I like a deep dish pizza, baby. I want yeah. it to be deep. Right. I want yes. it to be crisp. And the best part about his production is the enthusiasm of the artist shines through. You know, there's sure. a big, we've talked about this. There's a big difference between I'm playing death metal and fuck yeah, I'm playing the fuck out of this death metal. Yes. Yeah. Well, we hear that in your shit. So you're you're giving him a run for his money, man, with what you got. You would have fooled me, bro. <laughs> it's a lot easier when uh, they, I don't do all the fancy because I program all the drums. And I learn the songs to that. Okay. I don't cut up my guitar transients and edit them. And people will say, oh, well, you're affecting your sound negatively like that. Oh, you're using an SM58. You should use an SM7. But it's like my style, my vocal style might not work with an SM7. You know, a lot right. of the people with the SM7, they're like this. Their lips are almost touching the mic. And yeah. I'm holding it out here because I'm from the Corpse Grinder School of Vocals. Of course. We all I hope. 
I just hit my fucking cell phone thing trying to do my corpse grinder. You got to get that motherfucker way out here, and then you got to yeah, look down like this. Like this. That's yeah, how you I'm do like, it. I'm holding it out here. Like this is um, how far away it is. So, did your as a musician did your did your vocal style sort of evolve along the same lines as your guitar playing? Uh, which one did you start first? Like, how did how did those things come to come to be? And did you start okay. just playing death metal first? Did you tr did you dabble oh, around with like you know easier shit before you dove into this? A little bit like new metal to start when I was because I got my okay. guitar when I was fifteen. So you know at the tail end of my new metal stuff, getting okay. into death metal. And, you know, I've been listening to metal since I was about seven or eight years old when an yeah. older neighbor introduced me to Anthrax. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I was curious about your musical evolution just as a, as a fan, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know, I went through that. I ended up on the cutting edge of new metal somehow. I was like the first person to hear about Kid Rock in the little town I grew up in. First person to hear about oh. Kitty. And That's then I had older friends who like went to OzFest and then they came back and it was like, holy shit, all these bands. And then Dude. You know, got in... I saw I saw Kitty in two thousand one and they smoked that motherfucker. That was an amazing show. Yeah. And speaking of Kitty, you know who I had as a guest on Incident Report, right? It's Fallon Bowman, if I'm not mistaken. That is correct. What is she up to these days? She just released a new album with her uh, Amphibious Assault project. It's uh, like EDM, like sorry, IDM, I should say, and that kind of late 90s uh early 2000s industrial like uh vnv nation up your dude alley. i love that shit like i and it's i live for i shouldn't say i live for it but like i will intentionally listen to like the remixes that were tacked on to the end of roadrunner re-releases because that shit yeah. actually interests me i i like i like metal songs sort of processed through that remix like yeah well, process. And I, and I don't I don't see too much of that these days. And if it's anything like in my mind, because it's her, I'm thinking something like Kitty through an industrial looking glass. And that would be it's interesting. a lot more mellow, actually. But it's really good. She's got a really great voice. And it's amazing what will happen when you hit someone up and say, hey, so what's your rate for this? You get very far that way. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Maybe we should start yeah. to build that. Yes. <laughs> what's What's your what rate? Will to, you charge? What's your rate to talk to us for like forty-five minutes? Yeah, give us some of your time, yes. and we'll we'll pay you with money <laughs> that we get. <laughs> exactly. Well, you'll look for your check in the mail. Yes. So yeah, a new metal definitely a, a springboard for a lot of us. You and I, I think, are close to the same age. Um, I'm thirty-six. Yeah, thirty-seven. Um, yeah. So a lot of a lot of the the stuff that and you said the first kid rock reached your little town or whatever so i assume you yeah. grew up in the sticks like me as well yeah yeah, yeah so it was a weird what, little town what sort of what sort of trickled down to us and we, i talked about this with uh with sam uh from frozen soul last when she was on the podcast so sort of the stuff that that gets to you when you're out there in the woods like that is is sort of the highest and most uh, commercially successful stuff, right? And at that time, yeah. when you were sort of coming of age, that was new metal. Um, yeah. And so I think for a lot of us, that was sort of a springboard into things that were heavier. A lot of that stuff still has a really special place in my heart, man. Oh, I yeah. still, especially working out and running. Um, I was listening yeah. to fucking Fine Shank yesterday, actually, because I still love that shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, synthetic's still a banger. Synthetic is still a fucking banger. Uh, that whole height of callousness is still a whole yeah. fucking banger all the way through. Certified. Um, so what's tell us more about the evolution into death metal and, and how you yeah. as a music sort of started taking cues from that. Well, in Canada at the time, we had a music channel called Much Music. And there was a show called Loud every Saturday. And this was preempted for some garbage award show or whatever. And it was, it was at first an hour and then they shortened it to half an hour of metal. And maybe once a year they do like a much loud day. And I discovered bands like Carcass, Dismember. Oh yeah. Yeah, in that way. And uh, nice. like my very, very first demo lost to the annals of time was just sloppy Dismember worship. Awesome. Like I, like the Dismember album I owned that I listened the hell out of. I found in the delete bin at a CD store from a town, one town over. Nice. It was hate campaign. Dude, hate campaign fucking rules. 
Yes, yeah. it does. All of them do. All of them do. Well, yeah, of course they do. But yeah. it's just like, you know, everybody's like, oh yeah, casket garden. Oh, pieces like an ever flowing stream. No, I got my, I got started on them with like, yeah, I heard casket garden, which like that hate campaign had riffs. It was just so fast. And it had it had a little bit of that melodic edge to it too that I think my yeah. my favorite dismember records are the ones that have a little bit more melody in them. I think that I think that God that never was is actually my favorite dismember record. Uh, no, that's a good one. Uh, but yeah, stuff like Thanatology, you know, yeah, just good stuff. You know, and then it went from there. I eventually discovered In Flames and tried, and I still try and do In Flames stuff. You know, especially in the leads, I try and get that emotive feel. How do you, um, how, what's your stance on In Flames these days? Do you still listen to them? Uh, I listen to the older stuff. <laughs> I yeah, keep trying every time they put out a new album. I saw them on the Come Clarity Tour. I paid for the meet and greet and I outright asked Jesper, so uh, why did you guys change guitar tones? How'd it go? You know, because well, we didn't change our guitar tones. <laughs> That's um, what he said? It, yeah. And it's just like, it's a massive change. It's so much drier and it doesn't have the same punch as it used to. It's in, I, I, I would be interested to see like a conversation like that with, with one of the guys and like Jesper or Anders, one of the dudes who's been in the band the entire yeah. time. Cause a lot of people have kind of bailed at this point, but I, yeah, well, I Jesper's guess bailed too. So. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I'm sorry. Jesper ago. has bailed. I'm thinking about Bjorn. Never mind. Yes. yes. Jesper has, um, Jesper, I don't know. I don't think he's doing anything now. Um, oh. But I was listening to Dimension Zero the other day and thinking about how cool it would be to hear another record from them. But yeah. I think Jesper's got some some personal stuff going on, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I don't know. But um, whatever it is, I hope his life gets good and I hope he's happy. Yeah, same here. Um, but it is it is sort of, uh, especially, you know, dudes who are our age who sort of got into heavier music with new metal and then saw how that sort of changed the evolution of some of the bands who were doing underground stuff at the time. Yeah. And like the first, the first in flames record that I heard was Clayman, And I, and I really liked it. Yes. Um, and it, it felt there was something about it that it appealed to the part of me that was already listening to like death metal and black metal. Um, yeah. But at the same time, th there were like traditional song structures, you know, like things that, that yeah. had like, repeating choruses and parts that were super catchy like and so yeah. that really stuck with me and then and then reroute to remain came out and i just got more into the band like i loved yeah. i absolutely loved that record it, yeah, like reroute was good it was just it was soundtrack to your escape where it seemed like they just oof, downhill definitely sounded it definitely sounded different like so i like soundtrack to your skate but at the same time i can tell that there is a massive shift in production and tone and, and like even as a layman right because i'm not yeah. I, I don't know about any of the the technical jargon and and what goes into the creation of this stuff but even as a dude who doesn't know anything about that stuff i can tell that there is a massive shift in sound between those two albums um yeah. and so to uh, production wise anyway right yeah and so yeah. to here to have been told that they didn't change anything at all that just doesn't right to me yeah like i'm sure they changed something or the producer changed something I'm, i think they probably stopped working at studio fredman which is a big part of it but uh, yeah because like you go back you listen to colony oh the guitar tone oh the drums like sweden for a while they were just the pinnacle of production because you listen to like amana marth's uh versus the world and the drum sound on that is just crushing yeah. It's like Slipner, you know, the eight-hooved <laughs> horse. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I'm following you on the uh on the on the Norse mythology references. <laughs> yeah. Oh, mythology is an interesting thing. And I mean, I know what your day job is, and you get into I'm sure you touch on both ancient and modern mythologies. From time from time to time, yes. It's uh typically me saying nerdy shit that is really just an excuse to talk about stuff that nobody cares about. But yeah, was, um, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna. Say, so, when did when did you decide that you wanted to switch? So, do you play an eight string now? Yes. Uh, All right. And and when did when did you decide to start experimenting with that? Because it's it's definitely the eight string stuff kind of falls into two schools for me. And this again is me as a layman and, and yeah. as a listener, not as a musician. Right. Yeah. There's like the, 
There's the Allegiance School of eight string guitar playing where like the entire fretboard is fucking fair game. And then there's like sort of the deathcore school of eight string guitar playing. That's like one string, two frets, no problems. Um, uh... I, you, you fall into easily the first school. And so when did you sort of decide that you wanted to level up to the eight string and, and how does having that extra availability tone wise and note wise influence your writing now? I had been wanting to do it for a while, but uh, you know, gosh, about a year and a half ago, I saw one. I talked to my wife. I traded Ibanez that I'd had tuned into B as part to help cover the cost, and my wife pitched in on that, and it was uh, my uh, Christmas present. Nice. So from there, it's just like I just I like Allegiant. I like where their sound is. I'm actually using the same tuning. I know it's pun- I know I'm sounding like a Punisher right now, but. <laughs> Not necessarily, no, like that, yeah. I, I think that there's a, I don't necessarily know what being a Punisher means, and I've joked about myself as being one before, but I do, I really think that if you, if you hear something, or if you see something that, that influences you, and it, it causes you to be so interested in creating something, that you really want to dive into somebody else's creation process, I can't see that as being anything other than good, right? Yeah. Um so wherever you're pulling that from, like, I, I think that's something that should be embraced and celebrated. Yeah. Well, thank you. And uh, once I got it, I just, I started noodling around and I just felt like freedom. There was so much extra range. I'd been tuning down to B for years, but all of a sudden having the high E again and then having the extra low E, that was so much space. Yeah. And I could start doing crazier stuff and I could start breaking down doing more like Voivod style arpeggios and uh, throwing in a little bit more weirdness and just pushing myself. Yeah. You know, there's only, like you can do a lot with a six string tuned down to B. I mean, look at Carcass. They've made a career of it. Sure. Yeah. And it's a good, and it's a good career. It is. And, you know, there's definitely hints of Carcass and if not outright ripped off riffs from, uh, one of them songs of future wars there's one and i think you know the one i'm talking about it's yeah but i mean like if you're gonna pull from carcass that's a good place to pull from i think yeah i mean i i can tell you where almost every riff i've ever recorded comes from and sometimes the sort and that's why i love playing who do you think i sound like because the answers are almost never what i have in my own head yeah and that's well, and fun. that's that's one of the cool things about, you know, processing the things that you like into the things that you create, right? Like yeah. in, in your mind, it might be a song that is entirely a carcass ripoff. And then somebody yeah. else hears it and doesn't see or hear or feel that at all. Um, yeah. and, and who knows, like maybe that might be the kind of thing that inspires them to try something of their own that, that in turn, nobody could possibly tell that you're the one who influenced it. And that's... Yeah. That's something that's cool about the creation of art sort of across media, I think. That in, no matter where you're pulling from, if it's homage or if it's influence, um, the way that it transforms when it's filtered through you um, is, is universal. And, and I think that it's one of the things that we, we sometimes look at as maybe, I don't know, being plagiaristic or being um, not individual enough. But I, I really don't think that that's the case most of the time, especially with music, right? Um, what's the there's saying? only good artists. Sorry, I was going to say, what's the old saying? Good artists borrow, great artists steal. There you go. There you I go. like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everything gets run through your own personal filter anyways, you know? Sure. So instead of, so that's why I figure just do it. Don't limit yourself to, oh, it has to sound like this genre. Just yeah. do it. Whatever comes out, comes out and just have fun. And I will always encourage people do it. You know, get, I will help you build the rig that you need. Give me your budget. I will source everything you need. I will do the legwork. You just have to go and order it. Nice. You know, I want people to do this. It's fucking really cool, man. Yeah. It's fun. It's liberating. It's, you know, I, I get joy playing music and, you know, I, I, it's hard to, it's silly to explain, I guess, but uh, like, it makes me feel happy to sit down and even if it's frustrating, spend 30, 40 takes trying to work out a guitar solo. It, 
trying to just get that riff down, trying to get that vocal pattern down, trying to like now that I've got a six string bass now as well and trying to figure out how to oh, utilize geez. that. Man. How so do you get your hand around that fucking thing? With a little bit of, with a big stretch. Like gotta, it's uh, the only time that I've ever held, I've never held a six string bass, but I held an eight string guitar one time. And I just, you know, even not being a guitar player, I was like, this is ridiculous. It feels like a fucking harp. Yeah. I mean, I've got mine right here. Nice. Yeah. You know, I gotta keep it close. Look at that fucking monster. So music brings you joy. Playing music and creating music brings you joy. Talking to people yeah. about music brings you joy. What else are you into? What are your other interests? What are your other passions? Uh, I like to build music and, you know, sorry, I like to build models, I should say. Uh, you know, you've seen it. I think, uh, no, you didn't order. You just ordered the uh, special edition, but. Uh, I ordered, I ordered the dossier edition. Yes. But uh, at every release I try it now, I try and do some custom painted model kits as a, you know, like a little high-end collector's edition. Like I've got plans for the human cost. Uh, one second. I'm going to grab something. While he's gone, I'll just say, what a nice dude. He's a super nice dude. Sorry, my wife's uh, put the uh, put them away because <laughs> we're going to have company later. But uh, there's these little round mascots from the Gundam series called Harrows. And you can get model kits for them that open up in the middle. And it's just the perfect size to fit an SD card in. Oh, dude. And Yeah, so my line of thinking is half a dozen or a dozen paint them all up and then slip the SD card in there and uh, sell that as a special edition with the album on it. This does, this does present one way to look at it is like unique marketing opportunities. But the way I look at it as a collector is, is unique collection opportunities. Like I would, every time a band that's got like sort of a unique niche lyrically or whatever puts out something new, I start thinking about or announces something new. I start thinking about, sort of what cool things could go along with um with with special editions of that album like i tried to get jan from fluids to do a uh a, a, a first aid kit like a um a bloodborne pathogen kit with records oh, nice. he laughed at me and told me that i was a fucking nerd um and that's you know sometimes what happens when you stick yourself out there yeah but no, I mean, he's a very he's a very cool guy i know we've, we've um, i follow them on insta they're good guys yeah um that's that's pretty cool so you in in addition to including that as sort of a bonus for your music you also build them on your own like that's something that you yeah. do in your spare time yeah i buy the kits i like to paint them as well you know that's what's the idea. what's the biggest kit that you've done like what's the how, how big do the models get <clears throat> the biggest one i've done was a mega size 1 to 48 scale and it's a big chunky boy. It goes just about up to my knee. Holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's big. Uh, I refer to it as my large adult robot son. <laughs> <laughs> There's pictures of me with it on Instagram where it's perched on my shoulder. It's about the size of a small child. Jesus Christ, Jeez, man. That's So what I, the, I built, like, um, I, I would try and build models when i was younger and and yeah. like everything else in life i would get frustrated with it and quit which is why i'm not really good at any one particular thing but like i uh i was doing the snap tight models where you just like yeah. clipped them together or whatever yeah. and then i was told that that is cheating and that if yeah, you're that's bullshit if you're a real model builder you use the glue or are you a, are you a, are you a snap tight a click tight one or are you a glue oh. user all the Gundam models are snap. And they come with Ikea-like instructions if you ever want to drop 8 to 20 bucks and uh, do a starter one. No shit. I just might do that. There you go. Yeah, all you need is like a little like wire cutters or nippers to cut them out of the uh, runners. And uh, the uh, instructions are like Ikea. The newer kits also have English on the uh, instructions. Nice. Uh, it, out of curiosity, if if Gundam has been around this long, I can only imagine that the that the fan base is just massive, and, and, and I'm sure that there are probably, especially with like with with 
Japanese properties, fandom seems to be something that is that can become and, and here in one way, but there in a different way, I just think because of sort of just cultural differences, yeah. this very, very immersive and obsessive process. Right. And you see that with with J-pop and K-pop specifically, yeah. but then also with fans of anime, fans of manga. Is there this might sound like a dumb question, but I mean it 100 percent literally. Has anyone built an actual Gundam suit? Uh, there is a guy attempting it in Japan. He's trying to build like some kind of mobile suit. They've got, uh, they actually just built a one to one scale replica that walks in place in uh, Tokyo. You can find Holy a video shit. of it on YouTube. It doesn't really go anywhere, but you know, it's can, a dude, cool. is, can a dude get inside of it or is it just a, it's just a, it's just a model. Okay. Like it's just like a big statue. One day and we'll get there. One day. If somebody if somebody built one and they made like a uh, an exhibit where you could get in that motherfucker, would you would you vacation there and oh, go I, get it? I, I would. I would almost take out a loan. <laughs> uh, that would be fucking tight. I I my my closest frame of reference is Mech Warrior, which I played when yeah. I was a kid, and I always stole remember, some of the designs. <laughs> I, I always I always remember thinking to myself like, why don't why aren't these a thing like? And then, you, you know, you watch Aliens and you think the same thing. Like, why why don't we have these suits that we use to just carry carry heavy shit around, right? I would rather have yeah. one of those than have a car, definitely. Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, putting everything together is prohibitively expensive and power is difficult. But, uh, you know, I've talked to people. If you can get the right shielding in, you can get a nuclear reactor small enough to power one. <laughs> Are you fucking for real? Yeah. Does he sound like he's not for real at all? I mean, I guess he is for I, so. I mean, it's for I, real. Uh, I, a about. nuclear a nuclear reactor? Let's do it. Why? Because yeah. you can, yeah, because you can get one. I think you need about 18 to 24 inches of steel for shielding. Okay. And then you can have like a 6 by 6 by 6 reactor. Okay. And that should be enough. But, uh, I mean, nuclear technology has come a long way. Chernobyl was a bad design from the get-go, but uh, the modern I, uh, pressurized water reactors, you know, that, that are designed to brick if something goes wrong, to just stop the chain reaction, you know, that technology's come a long way, and the fuel's 97% recyclable at this point. I think we should have here. I feel like we should have started the conversation with homemade <laughs> yeah. nuclear reactors. Definitely. Next time. Yeah, but then we'd also have to talk cytotoxin, and we could just talk about them for hours. Talk about what now? Cytotoxin. Oh yeah, we could talk. We could definitely talk about <laughs> toxin for hours. Like I'll I'll talk about fucking I'll talk about Chernobyl fucking tech death slam core any day of the week. Um, yes. How do you how do you know this shit about nuclear reactors? It's it, smart, it, it, smart dude. He well yeah uh, it's it's not that just, like obviously the dude is smart. I want to know what niche interest brought him into researching like getting a, a nuclear reactor. I just was thinking about it. I was like, okay, well, I have a question. I'll go to Twitter. And uh, some people answered. And uh, somehow through that, I got connected into nuclear power advocacy Twitter. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Like Good MMA you. fighters I've, like, I've connected to. What's funny is, here's a small world. We talked about, uh, we talked about Carl earlier. The yeah. funny thing is, through MMA, I actually know one of his city councilors. Holy shit. How's that for a small world? Dude, this is uh, the internet truly. The internet truly brings people together. It gets really it up. gets such a bad rap for being this horrible place of, of bullying and porn exchange. And it's both of those things. But at the yes. same time, like, uh, look at these amazing connections. This is rad. Yeah. Do you train? You know, uh, I used to. I used to do jujitsu and kickboxing, okay, but okay. Uh, you know, once my kids were born, I had to focus on. Sorry, and my work shifts didn't work out. My wife okay. had to work, and all that. You know, we had to work opposite shifts because daycare is as expensive as rent here, and oh, that's that's sure. is very expensive. But, well, uh, cool, man. I noticed on your uh, IG you said something about uh, push-ups and yoga. So I was wondering what yes. your, if that's a regular thing for you. What your fitness uh, routine is like. Yoga is getting to become a regular thing. I was in a car accident uh, back in December and uh, my back's still a little messed up. I'm actually having to take another month off work right now. Oh, wow. 
I don't have the light duties for me. I can just focus on rehab. But uh, part of it is also because I'm underneath the long sleeve. I have this shirt on. It's from Jamie Josta. So coffee and death metal metal push-ups. Got it. Solid. Got it. Solid formula. Three three favorite things right there. But yeah, dude, I, I, uh, I teach yoga here on the old death comes lifting guys here so if you ever need anything bro more than happy to i will i've just found a little 10 minute one that's been working for me but you know i have a feeling eventually i'm going to need to expand good for you i like hearing that right now thanks to insurance here i've got uh i'm working with a trainer to help do rehabilitation and strengthen yeah strengthen my core and all that so i can not hurt myself again yeah god bless canadian health care Good. We just yeah. Yeah, we got to make sure all of our guests are properly taken care of in all aspects. So. Yeah, and I appreciate this is, that. And I'll have to check out your yoga stuff too. So, uh, you know, send me if you got a YouTube link or whatever. You know, yeah, send that to me. I will for sure. Be in touch. That's all. This is to an extent a, a wellness podcast. We you know we yeah. kind of go all over the place, but we like to put in there. Everybody yeah, taking mean, care of themselves. And, and I mean, speaking of that, yes. As we reached the end of our conversation today, we don't get to surprise you with this because you've listened to the podcast before, but at the end of these things, we always have a very important question. And I feel like this is very much rooted in self-care because a life without one of these things, I don't think is a life that's fully lived. We have a question for you. Zach, please do the honors. Justin, my friend, we are dying to know. What is your favorite Black Sabbath album? Ah, uh, you know what? I did my homework. I went. I listened to Born Again. I listened to Seventh Star. Oh, I listened to Heaven and Hell. Dive deep. At the end of the day, I still got to say it's Paranoid because it's got my number one karaoke song on there. War Pigs. War Pigs. Got it. War, War Pigs karaoke. Never have I heard such a thing. Yes, uh, and all the because my wife's Filipino, and so. When we go to parties with her friends, quite often there's karaoke and, you know, quite often microphones will get passed to me. And I'm just so lucky, very lucky that they have a little bit of Sabbath in there. That's You got to fucking, you got to represent. Got to. Got to walk down heavy metal. I feel like more people are, would say paranoid, but they're, they're trying to be cool and like not name the greatest hits album or something. So that's, that's a respectable choice. Well, it's the greatest hits album because it's got the hits. I know. That's true. Yeah. It is. Like, I still listen to a handful of songs off Paranoid. Not necessarily. So, like, I could, I could probably, and I know that I'm going to hell for this, but I could probably spend the rest of my life without ever hearing Iron Man again. Yeah. Um, but well, some of the other tracks, some of the other tracks on that record, are still yeah. fucking smoking they are in every single sabbath mix that i make yeah and i mean obviously iron man you know even didn't they rate that one in the studio i think so i think it was sort of like a, a smoke on the water type thing where it was just like hey let's throw something together real quick actually i don't know if it was iron man uh paranoid the title track was written yeah. like super quick at the end of the process in the studio yeah. And of course that ended up being huge and it's such a fucking awesome song, man. Like there's, there's so much, so much killer shit on that record. Yeah. And, you know, kudos to Sabbath for talking about mental health before it was cool. That's right, man. Exactly. Sabbath was anti-war. Sabbath was pro mental health. Sabbath was all about like saying, fuck the atomic bomb. Sure. Um, whatever the fuck fairies wear boots is out. They were talking yeah. about that. Like, you know, Black Sabbath, yeah. man, they 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 uh they paved the way for well, where we are. Yeah, we wouldn't be doing what we were doing without uh, Tony Iozzi, sorry Tony Ozzy Geezer and uh, yeah, Bill motherfucking just, yeah, Bill Ward. Bill Ward. Bill Ward. Yes, Ward. I never have enough coffee in the morning. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah I, I just saw your coffee cup, and it's um, it yeah. is. I gotta tell you, man, you gotta get a bigger fucking mug. You gotta get. Uh, and see, yeah. I don't have any special coffee mugs because nobody makes one that's big enough for me. I drank that shit out of a 33-ounce coffee mug because Ooh. I don't fucking play. Yeah, when oh. uh, the whole COVID thing's done, maybe you got to go to a ceramics uh, class and uh, make your own massive one. That's what I'm going to have to do. I'll put a little logo on there and everything. Yeah. 
yeah, I tried to get um, I tried to get Sean from Desert Wastelands to a massive like coffee thermos, and he said they're just too expensive to get one done. Yeah. So I'm on my oh, own. I yeah. get I'm gonna have to take a fucking paint pen to it and make my own. Justin, yeah, check your local print shop. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. Stimulate the local economy, dude. It is yes. super fucking. It was great talking to you. It was great sort of officially meeting you face to face, face to face, so to speak, for the first time. Yeah. Um, we would be stoked to have you back anytime. We are super stoked to hear the human cost once it gets done. Hopefully it's on yeah. track to be heard sometime in, I think you said July, correct? Yeah, July, August, I'm figuring it. Because I'm hoping to, I'm going to start with the guitar re-records this month. Then I'll do bass and then eventually vocals. Awesome. And man. Awesome. Yeah, it's a process. But uh, I'm going to preempt you guys. What good dudes you are. Hey, man. <laughs> What a kind guy. Thank you, man. We, we said we uh, for a second. We're like, this dude's nice as hell, man. You're a yeah, we already man. we already said we that. We already man. called it. You were gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, you guys are awesome. And you, uh, I really appreciate this opportunity to come on and talk with you guys. You're great. And more people need to listen to you. Subscribe to these fine gentlemen on Spotify if you haven't already. You heard Smash it. that like button, fam. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for your time Thanks, i know this i know the sun's coming up there have a good one yeah. um enjoy Me your too. weekend and we hope to talk to you again soon man thank you so Will much do. i'll be in touch yeah have a great day. Out, brother take care Thanks. of yourself bye what a good dude yeah well, he he was right off the bat i was like yeah this guy's legit he's nice as hell super, he's canadian super Super friendly guy, super honest, super straightforward. Um, and I think it's just, I think it's really interesting that he's got such eclectic influences, both lyric wise, you know, playing death metal. That's not about death. And, and yeah. you know, that's not, that's not necessarily uncommon. I do you think that sort of diving into that particular mythology is definitely unique. And so that makes it interesting to me. And then all the different places that he's pulling from as far as music inspirations go. Yeah. Pretty fucking that's impressive. Passionate. He's a nerd. He's, he's one of us. That was a great, great time good absolutely yeah well and you and i are gonna do this again in a couple of hours see you in a few hours man brother it'll be great out enjoy in the meantime it's time for go for a run gonna come back we're gonna have another great chat i'll talk to you soon honey you too buddy take care